I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be here sharing with you lessons I've learned, conversations I've had that will equip you to create new habits, challenge mindsets, and build relationships that will allow your family to thrive. Did you know that studies show that marriage leads to greater wealth, health, longevity, and happiness? Despite these studies, many people are wondering if marriage and the intention it takes to have a good one is worth the work. This week's guest, Arlene Pellicane, 100% believes it is worth the work. She is a top marriage and parenting author and speaker who has co-written books with Dr. Gary Chapman and has appeared on many outlets from The 700 Club and Fox and Friends to focus on the family and more. She is also the spokesperson for National Marriage Week, which we will be talking about today. In our conversation, we talked about how National Marriage Week got started, the importance of date nights, and how to get creative with them. We also discussed the three secrets to a healthy relationship and the differences between a healthy and a not-so-healthy marriage. Welcome, Arlene. It is fantastic to have you on the podcast today. So nice to meet you, Kimberly. Thanks for having me on. So a question we ask all of our guests is, what is your family known for? How long is your show? No, I'm kidding. So we are kind of that quirky, funny family. So a couple strange things about us. We didn't give our kids cell phones until they were the summer before college. So we're kind of known for like, oh, that's that family that doesn't have phones or they don't have social media or they don't let their kids play video games. So kind of that. And then we did have, you know, I know you're big into family culture. We were trying to figure out like, what's the vibe of our family? And we had heard like this amazing talk by Lou Holtz, the football coach, and took kind of kind of copied him a little bit. Mm-hmm. So my husband made the acronym ROBS and the R stands for right, like Pelicans do what's right before God. The O is others. Pelicans put others, you know, before themselves. The B is best. We put our best foot forward. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, bring glory to God. And the S is smile, rejoice, you know, always kind of thing. So those, oh, that's kind I of like it. the feeling that we wanted our kids to grow up with. Oh, I love that. I love that intentionality. And it's, it's easy. You know, it's like a sticky, sticky statement, right? If you can remember it, you're more likely to live it out. And so I love that you made it into an acronym and made it simple for you guys to remember and your kids to remember. That's Yeah. Let's say it's the truth, right? So the parents care. What is our family? I know, please. I'm like, I have it hangings. And when I'm on a podcast interview and someone's asking me what our family values are, I'm like, hold on just a second. Let me look at this thing. I know them. And it's only like five of them, but I'm like, I need a constant reminder because there's so, so much stuff. So that's interesting. We didn't give our, we, we waited to give our kids cell phones, but they got them in seventh grade, which is late here because it's Mm -hmm. third grade seems to be the, the, the age here. And then we made them. It's kind of like 80 is the new 60, you know, feeling it's like, Oh, it's crazy. And then uh, we make, we make them pay for them. So they yeah. had to be able to pay for them. And so that was like our one sort of thing that we could do to say, hey, you know, we're going to, I know your friends don't do this. I know yeah. this. I know, I know, but this is, this is what we're going to do. And we have reasons for why we do this. And so good. I'm not the only one. That's right. <laughs> All right. So today when this episode released is is kicking off Na- National Marriage Week. All right. So this sounds exciting. Can you tell us a little bit more about this, how it got started yeah. and then 
it looks like you have a theme every year. So what's this year's theme? Yeah, it is an exciting thing. You know how there's like, you might see an anti-vaping campaign or recycling campaign. This is a marriage campaign. So it is something exciting to say, let's celebrate marriage. Let's support marriage. Let's say marriage is a good thing so that the generations following us say, we want to get married. Like we want that. So that's the heart of it is to support people and get people excited once again about marriage. Because a lot of people now are very skeptical about marriage. Many young people, you know, they've been, they've had the fallout of divorce. They see mm-hmm. maybe close family, friends, and others like suffering, and they wonder, what do I really want that? Do I want to be married? So, this is kind of a campaign to say, let's look at what is good about marriage. Let's look at how it helps people and helps society. So, this was founded a long time ago in 1996 in the UK by a man named Richard Kane. And then it came to the United States and then really got traction in 2009, where they built, you know, like let's have a central website and let's have mm-hmm. a calendar of marriage events and you know that mm-hmm. kind of thing and that was spearheaded by Chuck Stetson and Sheila Weber and then just recently it's been taken over directed by Carl Caton at the Marriage Initiative and the whole idea here is to spread that message like awareness of marriage and then at the community level what are things you can do to get involved in marriage whether it's going on the website marriageweek.org look at the national calendar and post an event maybe your your church is hosting a marriage seminar and you want mm-hmm. to post that event so others will know about it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you want to take a dream vacation to a sunny spot and you are looking for a place and you want to see, is there a marriage, you know, some kind of marriage enrichment thing happening there. So that's a national calendar that you can find on marriageweek.org. Oh, yeah, oh and the theme, that's about the theme. And yeah. the theme this year is fun. It's really funny because when it started, Kimberly, when I heard this, I was like, oh, that's really a lightweight theme. But as I learned more about it, I was like, this is key. So the theme is date nights, the value of date night. And what they found at the National Marriage Project, it's Jeffrey Dew and Brad Wilcox. They've done all this research and they found that 52% of married couples in the United States say they do not date. So what this meant was we never go on dates or maybe just a few times a year. So Mm -hmm. 52% of people responded that way. And then 48% said, yeah, we date regularly at least once a month or more. And what they found was for the frequent daters, you know, once a month or more, they got a 15% boost on average with things like overall happiness in the marriage, being able Mm. to communicate in the marriage, physical satisfaction in the marriage, unlikely to divorce, like all these really key metrics, they were 15% more likely to say, yeah, we're, we're in on that. So the daters seem to have this advantage and it kind of makes sense, right? If you're spending time with your spouse, connecting, if you have something to look forward to, if you have some novelty, you know, life can be kind of ho-hum. And so if there's something kind of different to look forward to over the weekend, that's a good thing. So it it really has helped me rethink date nights. So the value mm-hmm. of date nights is this year's theme. Yeah. I wonder how those statistics changed over the last couple of years. Because I mean, my husband was home and I was like, you're here all the time. Right. Do I really need to go out with you? <laughs> totally. It's so true. It's yeah. so true. Yeah. And, and we, so, you know, we still did stuff. But yeah, there was this sense of like, how about we schedule some time when we're not around? Where we're not together. <laughs> but I know it's different, right? Then I go west. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So what sets yeah. a date night apart from like 
I see you all the time. (laughs) Yes, I am so with you because I'm at home. I'm a speaker and an author. My husband is at home. He's a realtor. And unless Mm -hmm. he's showing, you know, houses to clients, he's home. So Mm -hmm. I am totally with you. Like we're see each other at dinner and we see each other at lunch. And that is interesting because that's why we were like that once a month dater because it's Mm -hmm. like, why do we need to do this? But Mm -hmm. through looking at this research, it really honestly has made us go, we're going to up this. So since we learned about this, we've been on two coffee dates. So once a week and and some and you know it's just like five minutes around the corner so it wasn't yeah. even that long but it's been amazing because on this coffee day we just asked like well how's what's going on how can I pray for you this week how what's happening and we kiss a little and it's like this has been amazing this took an hour and this is totally different so the difference in date night and it can be obviously date breakfast date coffee date whatever date walk but mm-hmm. the idea is this is different than our normal everyday communication when it's who's picking up who did you get that bill say saturday yeah. aunt mary's coming it's different it's like how are you right how can i meet your needs better is there mm-hmm. something i'm doing that's bugging you lately what book are you reading right now is there mm-hmm. a podcast you're listening to do you want me to listen to it this is something really troubling to me. Do you find it troubling? You know, it's totally different. So it's okay, this yeah. time of connection with no distraction. It brings novelty. So something that's different than the norm. And then the regularity regularity of it, if you do it on a regular basis, if you say, we're going to do this once a month or twice a month or whatever, it lets you know. It's like that, that anticipation sometimes is even more fun than the event. You know, the mm-hmm. anticipation of we're getting a babysitter. And, you know, I know a dinner and a movie sounds boring, but when you have a lot of kids, the idea of like dinner and a movie sounds really kind of thrilling, you know? Yeah. So just that excitement of something is happening, that anticipation also, I think, really mm-hmm. carries us. So mm-hmm. that's what sets it apart than just, yeah, we see each other all the time. Yeah. We went through a season where I was like, I'm not going out to dinner for date night because it just turned into an extension of the conversations we were already having. Yeah. And I didn't want to be like, I didn't want to come out with a bunch of rules, but I guess we needed to sort of steer the conversation in different directions. But it just felt like we were talking about the same things. And I'm like, I don't really want to hear you talk about work again. Like, (laughs) but I don't also, but I also want to be like, like hear what they have to say and, you know, understand where he's coming from. But it just felt like, an extension. So we we went through a season where we like, we have to do an activity. We have to do something almost where yeah. we're not talking, where we're just having fun or enjoying each other. And so we probably need to get back to that. And that was very smart of you, I think, because being creative in the date night, whether it's like, okay, we're going to learn how to ballroom dance and take this mm-hmm. class at the community college, or we're going to do something that you love and I tolerate, but I'll do it. Yeah. And then next time you do, let's do something I love and you tolerate. Yeah. But that activity kinds of things, I think that's positive that you were doing that. And in fact, like on that marriageweek.org, there's a couple's connection plan. I really like it. Something free you can download and it has like different things to talk about. So sometimes when you're always, you know, it, it, if you just like print that little sheet of paper out, and be like, pick a question from this piece of paper. It kind of shakes things up a bit. So that's that's one resource I would point to. Okay. So we've already mentioned a few things, but do you have any other creative ideas for date nights and how do we keep them creative? Yes. I would, you know, think of asking your friends, like what was like the cheapest date you've ever been on? Or what was the most memorable date you've ever been on? Or what was the silliest date you've ever been on? And you'll probably mm-hmm. get some ideas because people do different things and then they'd be in your city. They'd be things that you could do. So that's that's my first tip. And then in my book, 31 Days to a Happy Husband, I have a list of all sorts of like kind of creative, cheap date night kind of things. But I'll share a few ones I really like. A bookstore date. So if there is a bookstore, 
in your city that you can still go to, you know, you think of a book that you wish your spouse would read. It could be fiction. It could be nonfiction. It could be about business. It could be about parenting. It could be about anything and vice versa. And you go and you hand each other the books that you want each other to read. You sit down at a table, you read for a few minutes and if they like it, then doggone it. Great. You both have a book to read. If they don't like it, they have veto power. They'd be like, I hate this book. You know, I've read three <laughs> pages and I hate it. Please go find me another book. But the idea here is we're learning together. Like a lot of times in a marriage, it's stale. Like we talk about the same things, just like you were saying. Mm -hmm. But when you read new books or listen to new podcasts or do something like that together, now you have something completely new and different to talk about. And it's like, well, why does that interest you? And so I think a book date is a lot, a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. You know, you can do a scavenger hunt, just like we used to do when we were like kids, that you write five things down on a paper, your spouse writes five things down on a paper, you you merge the list and you say, okay, let's go see all of these things in the next two hours and take a picture at all of these 10 things. You know, I mean, it can be as simple and silly as that. I like a remember when date if you are maybe in a city where you've kind of grown and you used to live in a tiny one bedroom apartment and now you live in a house with three, you know, 0.5 children and a dog or whatever. So to go to that old apartment and and park your car and take a walk around it and sit in your car in front of it and talk about remember when we had this and, mm -hmm. you know, and reminisce and appreciate each other, appreciate that you still have someone, appreciate that they're there for you, that they've, that, that no one else in the world has these memories except them. So I love remember when dates, it could be an activity. Maybe you don't have an old place you could get to, but remember when we used to do this, when we used yeah. to go roller skating, or we used to go to this restaurant and we haven't been there in five years, let's go there again. So kind of a remember one date. Yeah. Oh, I like those. So what do you think are the secrets to a healthy marriage? I think you have a few. Yeah, we've kind of brushed against them. One is that date night and mm -hmm. because it really is put in the calendar what's important to you. You know, we kind of give lip service that our marriages are very important. But when we open up our calendar, it's like, okay, we've got kids events, we have work events, we have volunteer events, we have this event, but there's like nothing for the marriage inside the calendar. So for date nights, so that's a secret to a happy marriage, like make it a priority date night. And you know, my husband and I like to get away maybe two or three times a year, just an overnight in our city. So it doesn't have to be, it's not this elaborate thing. You really just have to pay for the hotel room, a little bit for food. And, and it's a really nice, if you can get away, step away from your work and your home for 24 hours, it's kind of amazing how different you feel in that 24 hours. So I encourage within that date night context to do like a little getaway. And then of course, once in a while, a big getaway where you actually go for a week somewhere exciting, but, but that just in your town, anywhere within an hour of where you live, there's gotta be something interesting, cute, quaint, quirky, pretty different. There's just got to be. So, so go to that place that that would be one thing date night. The second thing would be commit yourself to growing. So take go to a marriage conference once in a while or listen to a marriage webinar together or listen to a marriage podcast together that you like 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 send it to each other like I just listened to this. You listen to this. This is great, you know, and then We'll talk about it together. I have a happy home podcast and I just had Gary Thomas on talking about marriage as a fortress. And he had this really interesting point. So I just send it to my husband, listen to this, tell me what you think about it. So commit to growing 
look for ways to grow, read a marriage book together, take an older couple out to coffee that's really in love and ask them like, how did you all stay in love all these years? So commit to growing together. And then the third tip would be to learn and speak in your your spouse's love language. And I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with my co-author of Screen Kids, Dr. Gary Chapman, who wrote The Five Love Languages. You'll see that also in that couple's connection plan we talked about in marriageweek.org. But understand how does my spouse feel loved and how can I speak in this language? And I'll tell you, we've kind of heard this like, oh yeah, I know my husband's acts of service, we know. But to kind of consider like, but do I do that? (laughs) Like, do I actually use that? So I'm a words person. I feel loved when my husband says, you're doing a really good job with the kids. Or I heard you on that interview. And that was very interesting. Like if he says those things to me that I feel so like, oh, I feel so loved. And for him, I could talk all the time and he'll be like, okay. I mean, he feels kind of loved, but it's, oh, you wanted me to do like work out with you. Like, even though I didn't feel like it, like I didn't want to, but that Mm -hmm. would mean something to you because you're an acts of service person and you want to, you, you interpret that as an act of service that I would, even though I don't want to, that I would come and I would do this workout with you. So, okay, I get it. So understand your your spouse's love language, but then take that a step further and really speak it and, and really kind of commit to regularly speaking it. And I think when you do that, you'll be surprised your spouse will speak those languages back to you. Yeah, that's great. Those are definitely doable. They don't feel too daunting or overwhelming. Right. I'm all into doable. <laughs> yes. And memorable, right? If we can remember it and it's easy to do, I think it's a win. So what are the main differences, in your opinion, between families with healthy marriages and not so healthy marriages? There are obvious differences that you see, and I guess you can see it in the children, if there are children involved. You can see it in our attitudes. Is marriage like a drain in your life? Is it is it something that is like this, oh, I have to get through this, my marriage? Or is it the thing that bolsters you? You know, so a healthy marriage is going to be a strength and it's going to be, you're going to go out in the world and you're going to do battle, but then you're going to come home and feel loved and nurtured by your spouse, heard, understood, loved, your team. It gives you that team aspect. That's a healthy marriage. If there's something that's wrong, you're able to talk about it, you're able to come to resolution. You know, if there's conflict, obviously you're not going to agree. You're not both the same person, but you can have that conflict and you can come out on the other side with a solution that serves your family best. That's a healthy marriage. An unhealthy marriage, of course, is the opposite. It's one where there's conflict, but there's no resolution because no one talks about it or they argue about it too much, where the there's much more hurt than there is love, that the scales have been weighed and wanting. I know we don't like to talk about scales, but basically think of it like a love bank, like the love bank is empty. In a healthy marriage, love bank is full. We're making deposits all the time. We're supporting each other. We're loving each other. We mess up, but then we get back and we we get back to it. In an unhealthy marriage, it's just debit, 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 nothing else. And I think really a key healthy marriage says, I am here to serve you. Like both spouses are saying, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the husband's thinking to his wife, I'm here to serve you. And mm-hmm. the wife's thinking to the husband, I'm here to serve you where the unhealthy marriage is you're here to serve me. And when you stop making me happy, like I'm out. So what have you done for me lately? You don't do anything for me. I do everything for you. These are signs of an unhealthy marriage. And of course, children are the ones that kind of bear the blessing or the brunt of this. Mm, Yeah, you're so right. 
I love that the love the love bank or love tank. I often that's usually like you know what is that? Not a red flag, but like I I wave the okay yeah. the love tank's empty right. like danger danger <laughs> yes and so that's been really helpful it's sort of like oh you're right like we need to put some more time intention and focus on our relationship and it usually you know because it's kind of funny it's kind of cute and so it gets you back to be like oh okay let's let's figure out what we need to do in this season to fill that tank back up that's good all right so tell us a little bit more i mean i mean, I know you mentioned them throughout the episode but tell us a little bit about more about the resources that are available at marriageweek.org yeah i'm so excited it's something so simple to remember marriageweek.org you can find out more research there is there are so many statistics so this is something i did not realize so you can read all this research Maybe you have a child or a teenager that's like, mom, I don't really believe in marriage so much. And if you say, well, it's something God made, maybe they're like, whatever, <laughs> you know, so you can also show them like, honey, did you know that it it's an anti-poverty? You know, we're always talking about helping the poor, that that's mm. something important to us. Did you know that if you as a child will finish high school, get a job? And wait till you're 21 to marry and have children, you have a 2% chance of living in poverty. But did you know if you don't do those three things, you have a 77 chance of percent chance of living in poverty? Did you know that? Wow. Did you know that if we had the marriage rates that we had in the 1970s, that we'd have 25% less poverty in, in our nation? Hmm. Did you know that divorce and unwed childbearing and the cost of welfare and things like that, that cost taxpayers over 112 billion dollars a year do you, you know so just understanding like there is something very stable about marriage and something very good about marriage for the next generation for kids so you know you can th those have been surprising statistics so you can see all of this on marriageweek.org how it makes you healthier helps you to accumulate wealth it's better for children and how it boosts happiness. So they did this study at the National Marriage Project Brad Wilcox and Jeffrey Dew and it's amazing. Like people are so into happiness, right? It's like, oh, it didn't make me happy. So I'm out. You know, everyone loves happiness. And obviously that's good to an extent. But what they found was your chances of being happy, your odds of being happy are boosted 102% if you are married, 219% if you're happily married. Mm -hmm. And you can compare that to 29% if you're a college grad and 51% boost if you make more money than most. So you can really see as people are being interviewed and research is coming out, marriage really does help people be happy. And yeah. it is interesting, like even through the pandemic, you saw how isolated we were and how that made us unhappy. And think of society today, like our grandparents' generation, they were probably much more involved in a community group where they like served or maybe much mm -hmm. more involved in church. They'd be much more, the society at large would be much more religious, would go to church. They'd have many opportunities for social outlets, we're social beings. But today, you know, a lot of people don't go to church. A lot of people are not part of a service group. A lot of people don't have a bridge club that they go to every week or a breakfast club with four friends that they see every Sunday morning, you know. So we're living in a society where people are more isolated, and that's all the more reason of why marriage is important, that it's mm. important not to be isolated and to have a unit that's your family. And it also screams the importance of date night, like get yourself back out into society, like go do something social because we've become, you know, so insular and so isolated. So marriageweek.org will tell you how you can get involved, you know, give you that couple's connection plan to get started. Oh, that's fantastic. 
Well, thank you so much for being with us today. This was very insightful and I'm already thinking about what I'm going to do for my next date night. That's right. (laughs) Thanks, Kimberly, so much. You can find Arlene at marriageweek.org and at arlenepelicane.com. You can also find her on Twitter and Instagram as Arlene Pelicane. I'll link to all of this in the show notes. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If so, I'd like to ask a favor. Can you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? Besides sharing this podcast with your friends, leaving a review is one of the most effective ways that you can support us and help get the word out about the incredible resources we have to offer. I'm passionate about helping families thrive and your reviews help families find us. And remember, family culture isn't about perfect, it's about purpose.